This is a story from Wales called The Fairy Harp. Now in the mountains of Cadizidris, in Gwynedd, in mid-Wales, there was lots of caves studded the mountainside, and in the caves lived the fairy folk. And the fairies were good, and when they came out they would go and visit the villages, and they would visit the villagers, and they were made welcome. People made them a good welcome, invited them, and gave them food, and they always brought gifts with them. They never took anything for nothing. But if you didn't treat them well, if you didn't invite them into your house, if you didn't give them food, well, watch out, because evil will repay evil. If you treated them badly, they would treat you badly, and you would come off the worst. You did not want to get on the wrong side of the fairy folk. Now, there was a man called Tudor Ap Rees, and Tudor lived with his wife Anna in a little cottage out in the country. Now, one day Tudor was feeling a bit sad, a bit lonely, because his wife Ada, Anna had gone to visit friends in Dulgelly, and he was waiting for her to come back, and he was looking at the clock, and he was wishing that she was there, because he was missing her. He was lonely. He missed the company. And to pass the time, he started to sing to himself. Now, Anna was very critical of Tudor's singing. She always mocked him, said that he couldn't sing, made, f made a fool of him. So he never sang in front of her, but he did love to sing. And he was he started singing quietly to himself just to pass the time. And then he sang another song a bit louder this time, because he was really starting to enjoy singing. And he sang a third song and he thought to himself, You know, that's a powerful voice. There's nothing wrong with my voice. I don't know why Anna is always mocking me for my singing, because I think I have got a good Strong, sweet voice. I don't see anything wrong with it at all. Then there came a knock at the door. Come in, said Tudor, come in. Nothing happened. There was another knock at the door. Come in, come in, he said. A door's meant for coming through as well, you know. And he got up from his chair to go over to open the door. But before he got to the door, the door opened. And in came three strangers. Well, actually, that's not true. They didn't come in. They stood in the doorway. They seemed reluctant to cross over the threshold into the room. But the one stepped forward and said, Excuse me, sir, but... We are tired and weary. We've travelled a long way over the mountains. And we are just wondered if you could spare just a bite of food, just to tide us over, just to keep us going. Well, Tudor Abrice could see that these people were indeed, had travelled a long way. The clothes that they wore 
were all stained with travel. They had obviously been a long way and were very tired. And he said, Dragon's wings, is that all you're wanting? Just a wee bite to eat? Of course you can. Come in, come in, sit at my table. Oh, and then he looked at it and he said, Oh, I'm sorry, I've just finished my supper here and had I known I was going to have guests, I would have left more food for you. And, oh, it's a shame that Anna's not here. She could have put a feast in front of you. She's amazing. But there is plenty of bread and cheese there, if, if that would do you. Oh, more than welcome, more than enough, they said. Well, thank you so much. And so they started to eat. And as Tudor looked at them, these three poor, weary travellers, he felt bad, because ah, cheese and bread, that wasn't much for men that had travelled a long way. He thought he could probably find something better than that. So he went to the cupboard, and he looked in, and sure enough, there was a big fruit cake that his wife Anna had baked. He carried it back triumphantly. He said, here's a cake that my wife Anna's made. People come from far and wide to taste this. It's well worth the eating. And he put it down in front of them and said, help yourself. I'll see what else I can find. He found a fruit tart. Well, Anna was famous for her fruit tarts. So he took that through and sliced it up as well and said, eat Eat as much as you want. He found a few other things as well and took them through. And soon the table in front of them was groaning with food. And he said, eat as much as you want, my friends. You're very welcome. Anything that I can give you, you are welcome to. There is always a good welcome in the house of Tudor Apris. Now the one man who had spoken earlier said, we heard sweet singing when we were coming towards your house. Uh, would you sing us a song? Well, Tudor was a bit embarrassed about this because Anna was always saying he wasn't a good singer, but he was so proud to be asked that he sang. And his voice was good. And the men enjoyed it. And he sang another one. And then he sang another, and he sang for as long as the men were eating, until they were finished, till they couldn't eat another mouthful. And they said, thank you, thank you so much for the wonderful welcome that you've given us. So they rose from the table. Now the one, the one who had done all the talking, said, Tudor up, Rhys, you're a good man. You've made a wonderful welcome for us, and we would like to repay you. We have it in our power to grant you a wish. Anything that you want, we can give to you. Well, what Tudor up, Rhys didn't realize was that these were no ordinary travelers. These were no ordinary men. They were fairies. And they had come to test the sort of welcome that they would have got at his cottage. And he had been found to be the best host that they had ever known. 
so they wanted to give him a special reward. What would you like? Anything. Just name it, and we can give it to you. We have the power to give it to you. Well, says Tudor, uh, uh, well, the one thing that I've always really wanted is a harp. A harp that could play beautifully so that even if my clumsy fingers on the strings weren't that good, it would still sound good. But it's ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody could give me that. I mean, it's just such a foolish thing to say. I'm sorry. Forget I said it. No, said the man. No, there's nothing foolish about that at all. Does that look foolish to you? And he pointed towards the hearth behind Tudor. Tudor turned round to have a look, and there by the fire was the most beautiful golden harp, and it was encrusted with jewels. <gasps> that, said Tudor, is the most beautiful harp I have ever seen in all my life. And he turned around to look at his visitors, but they were gone. They had disappeared into thin air. So Tudor knew then that they were the fairy folk. And he sat down and he started to play the harp. And no matter how indifferent a harp player he was, he hadn't been a very good harp player. But now, the sweet music that came from those golden strings was magical. It was beautiful, and it set his foot tapping as he played. Well, he played and he played, and then after a while he heard footsteps. It was Anna, his wife, returned home with some friends of hers from Dolgelly with her as well. And they came through the door, and they saw the harp, and they laughed. They laughed in amazement and in wonder, the beauty of this thing. And there was Tudor sitting at the harp, playing away. Well, as soon as they heard that tune, he started to play a fairy dance. And they started to dance. They couldn't stop themselves. They had no power to stop it. They danced and they danced and they danced and they better danced. Oh, what a lovely time they had dancing, until in the end they were starting to get out of breath, and Tudor stopped, and only when he stopped playing could they stop dancing. That's an amazing instrument, Tudor, said Anna. Where on earth did you get that from, and where on earth did you get the skill to play it? So he told them about the visitors, the fairies that had come there. Well, Anna's friends went back home to Dolgelly, and they told all their friends about the magic harp from the fairies that Tudor Apris had, and the way that he could play it, and the way that it made you dance. People wanted to see it. And so, from far and wide, people came to see the magic fairy harp, and they would always say, Oh, come on, Tudor, give us a tune. And, of course, he was more than happy to oblige. He would play for them, and they would dance. They had to dance. They had no choice in the matter. They danced. 
and they laughed, and sometimes they would beg him, Oh, please, Judas, stop playing. I'm out of breath. And he would stop playing. And they would tell him how marvelous it was, how a lovely, how, what a wonderful time they'd had. And away they would go, and everybody found a warm welcome in the house of Tudor Aparis and his fairy harp. Now, there was one man who wasn't pleased for Tudor. He was a horrible, mean-spirited creature, and he was the enemy of Tudor Aparis. Now, he had no reason to be his enemy. Tudor had never done anything to harm him. But he was one of those mean-spirited people, nasty, twisted, crooked, horrible man, who couldn't bear other people being happy, and he couldn't bear anybody being able to do anything that he couldn't. And he decided to go and pay a visit on the man that he had always treated terribly, he knocked at the door, and Tudor let him in. He was surprised to see him. I hear you have a harp, a fairy harp. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't believe a word in it. I bet you can't play it. I can, said Tudor. <laughs> Show me. I will. So he started to play. And this enemy of him, this horrible man, he started to dance. And he danced and danced while Tudor thought, Ha-ha! Now, my friend, I am going to pay you back for all those insults you gave me, all the horrible things you've said about me, all the rumours that you've spread around behind my back about me. I'll pay you back with interest. And he played faster and faster, fast jigs. The man was dancing. His feet was a blur. You could hardly see them. He was dancing so fast. And the Tudor roared and laughed, and the tears ran down his face, and his enemy cried out for him to stop, and he was furious, and he was terrified at the same time. But Tudor wouldn't stop. He played, and he played faster and faster. The man danced faster and faster, until in the end, when the man was just about ready to drop dead, Tudor stopped. The man cursed and struggled out the door and went away. And Tudor laughed and laughed. But a little voice behind him said, that is no way to treat a gift from the fairies. Fairy music should never be used in spite. And that was it. I'm sorry, said Tudor. I, I, I really am sorry. I, I shouldn't have done it. And he laid his fingers on the strings again, but ah, there was no more beautiful music came out of that harp. There was just the twang of a string played by somebody that didn't know what they were doing. He tried to play a tune, but he couldn't. The music was gone. He'd used it for ill, and he'd lost the power to play it. He went to his bed that night, very sad, and the next day when he woke up, the fairy harp was gone. So, be careful. Always welcome people. And if they are fairies, and they give you a reward, 
make sure that you only use it for good.